Recording in Studio C at the 511 Studios, located in the Brewery District in downtown Columbus, Ohio, this is Note to Future Me. I'm Brett Johnson, owner and lead consultant at Circle 270 Media Podcast Consultants. Master your podcasting interview skills. Recording a good podcast interview is really harder than you think, despite the fact that your brand new podcaster considers it a really easy option in. Initially, the interview format sounds pretty simple. You know, find an expert, get them on the phone or Zoom them in or in person and then ask them some questions. There's no need for you to do anything, right? <laughs> well, getting good content from that expert is far harder than you might expect. Sure, they know their stuff. They can deliver it well. Can they stay on topic, tell a good story and avoid the waffle? Can you steer them away from the standard rehearsed sales pitches? or background stories? Can you get something dramatic, something funny, or even something different? That's what this podcast is about, recording a good podcast interview and getting the best content you can from your guest. Earlier, I interviewed radio veteran Mark Noose, news director at North American Broadcasting in Columbus, Ohio. He has decades of experience producing the news as well as hosting a weekly public affairs program. Here's my interview with him. Uh, today, we're going to talk about how to develop interviewing skills that'll make you a better podcast host, develop more insightful conversations with your guests, make your podcast stand out and get more shares and reviews, and probably bring a ton of value to your listeners as well. That's the main thing. In my estimation, some of the best interviewers that you'll find are in broadcast media, specifically radio in their news departments. Uh, sadly, those folks are a dying breed with the advent of music-focused formats or network talk shows, but they still do exist in today's radio's landscape. With me today is Mark Noose. He is the News and Public Affairs Director at North American Broadcasting Incorporated in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Thanks for joining me today. Uh, You're welcome, Brett. How long have you been at North American Broadcasting? Forever. (laughs) (laughs) I've been here uh, for 30 years, so uh, a lot of interviews. Right, exactly. And a lot of change in the industry as well, too, in regards to how those interviews are handled and what you do with them on air. Absolutely. All right. Now, being the news and public affairs director, talk a bit about your responsibilities in North American Broadcasting. Well, I uh, anchor and write all morning news. I'm also responsible for public affairs interviews, and I'm also responsible for public service. And I'm, of course, you know, being a news person, I have to go out to news events, uh, sporting events, and uh, a lot of different uh, experiences. Great. You and I have worked together for over 20 years, and in that time, I've learned uh, from you how to become a a better interviewer, whether you know it or not, which has helped me on various podcasts that I co-host as well. What are some key areas that you focus on before you record an interview? I think, uh, basically, there are four key areas that that I like to to think about. One is doing your homework, research. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another is planning. Uh, Make sure that you plan out how you're going to do the interview. And then listening and flexibility are the other two areas. So those four areas, research, planning, listening, and flexibility. Okay. Well, let's break it down. What goes into the research that you do? Well, a lot goes into the research. Um, First of all, talk to the person you're going to interview beforehand and see if they have any information they can send you as far as uh, do you have any press releases or do you have any uh, uh, basic information, uh, maybe even sometimes a yearly report from their organization Mm -hmm. or from their company that they can give you ahead of time. Go online. Everything's online these days. Everybody has a website. 
go onto the website. One of the things I like to do when I get to the website is, uh, you know, there's always two categories on a website. One says about, right. so it gives you a lot about the company and who the officers are and what they do. And another is it says news, and usually you go on there and it gives you the latest press releases from that company. Mm. So you can go on there, and those are great ways to find things out. And uh, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, these are all great resources to go out and uh, find information about companies uh, before you talk to them. Right, and that's why I noted earlier over the you know the three decades you've been doing this, how much easier it's become. Oh, yeah, it used to be that you had to basically rely on who you were interviewing to give you information. Well, they, they only gave you the information they wanted to give you, obviously. Right. But uh, these days you can find out just about anything. Wow. Well, you've got the research done. Mm-hmm. What goes into your planning? Well, the thing that I like to do is uh, after I find out who I'm talking to, um, for one thing, just like very basic things, I like to uh, put, put their name and title right at the beginning of every page of all of the uh, information that I have, just so I always get that right when I'm talking mm-hmm. to them, because it, it sounds terrible when you don't. Uh, another thing I like to do is write out a few questions, but um, not necessarily um, strict, like detailed questions. I just very basic themes, because then you know the next part of it, the the listening and the flexibility. Mm-hmm. That's where it really comes in, and that's what can really make a, an interview a good interview. Not sitting going question one, then question two, then question three. Now you do have to write down some questions because sometimes you'll forget an, an area that you want to talk about. But th- that's one of the things that I like to do when it comes to preparing for an interview and planning. And then talk to the person, put them at ease. Uh, talk a little bit and make sure that they know that what you're doing isn't formal, that what you're doing is sort of a conversation. Uh, remind them that uh, it's just two people talking in a room with maybe one other person listening at a time. There may be thousands of people listening, but you're only talking to one person at a time. Right. Well, you know, kind of going to that mic fright, uh, getting your guest at ease, are there some other tricks that you use to, to get them at ease, whether you're doing a phone interview, which could be they're, you know, they're in a comfort zone already mm-hmm. in their office or at home or in the car possibly, or they're in the studio. There's some other tricks that you do to help out with that? I do a couple of things. Uh, one thing is, like like I said, we just chat for a while. Right. Okay. Just sit down and talk and, and let them know what you're going to ask ahead of time and remind them that they're the expert. They have the right answers because you're going to ask them about their organization, about their life, about their business, about you know their you know what they do every day. So they're the experts. You're just asking basic questions and just going to let them go and and let them know that the you know especially for a podcast, there's no time limit, so they can expand and and talk about things as much as they want. And I also bring up too, and I'm sure you do as well. Things can be edited. Oh, start start yeah. over. Absolutely. You know, with a question, if you stumble over your tongue or your teeth, as they say, start over and, and we'll make you sound like it never happened. And there are other times when I tell them we don't edit this because it's so informal and it's just mm-hmm. a conversation. Uh, so so you can go both ways with that. If it's someone who's really afraid of what, what they're going to say, tell them that it can be edited and they can yeah. they can even help you with the editing process saying, I don't like that, or could you take that out? Mm-hmm. Or, and other people, it puts them more at ease when you tell them, hey, this is just two people talking to one another. Right. Again, at that point of talking to each other, let's move on to that listening part. Uh, you know, I've been part of training sessions that really focus on the difference between, you know, what hearing and listening really mean by definition. Uh, why is listening an important part of, of, you know, being a better interviewer, you think? Well, because you don't learn anything unless you listen to what the other person has to say. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn anything, and you're not going to know what to ask next. 
One of my pet peeves is when somebody has an interview all set out. They have their question one, question two, question three. <laughs> Someone may answer question three in question one, but they'll still go ahead and ask question three again because I have to stay in order. Listen to what they have to say. And, and nine times out of ten, when you do the interview, if you're listening, they're going to bring up something that is going to be the best part of the interview, the most entertaining part of the interview, and it's something you never even thought of or would never think to ask. Right. Always listen to what they have to say. And another thing I like to do, too, is to ask people to give personal examples of things. For example, if you're talking to someone from a charity group, say, give me an example of how your group has helped somebody. Give me, give me a story, mm -hmm. because then it's personal. Right. And then that's when it brings out everything that they have inside of them, because they know what they've done. I've noticed that, too. I was doing some interviews recently with uh, recruiters, and uh, I end up asking them, what do you like about working there? Sure. And boy, did it change everything about it. It's like, oh, I like this. I like this. I like this. And they kind of went off script and they got to be more personal about what they were doing. It was, it was really fun to watch that light bulb turn on. Oh, absolutely. It's amazing. And, you know, don't don't be afraid to be absolutely basic. A lot of times I'll start off an interview if I'm talking to, let's say, the Epilepsy Foundation. I'll say, for people out there who have never heard of the Epilepsy Foundation, who are you and what do you do? It's an absolutely basic question, but it's it's vital. Mm -hmm. uh, instead of you explaining it, let the expert explain right. it. And then, again, they can say things during that that open up entirely new avenues right. into the interview. Right. What do you think about, you're past this stage, but I'm sure you do a little bit of it as well, though, of going back and listening to yourself. Oh, doing yeah. that quote-unquote air check, as we talk about it in broadcasting, of listening to what really worked and, and others that you kind of cringe going, ooh, I'm never going to do that again. Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, <laughs> what's the best approach to that? Because initially, you kind of kind of have to get over the sound of your own voice yes. and hear what's going on. But how did you get over that hump as the years progressed and you really dug into listening to yourself? Well, yeah, listen to yourself. Decide what you like and what you don't like about what you hear. Try to correct it the next time. Mm -hmm. Maybe even make little notes about, you know, don't say uh all the time right. or, you know, little things like that. But then I always have leaned on people that I trusted and people that I admired and people that I worked with to allow them to listen to what I do and give me constructive criticism. Because most of the time people won't just nitpick at you. They'll give you good constructive criticism. So um, and if you're doing this on your own, or if you're doing it at the workplace, if it's at the workplace, find somebody you like and trust. Let them hear it and write down something. If you're doing this at home or, you know, you're just getting started, have your spouse listen to it because nobody knows you better than them. Right. And no one will give you more loving criticism mm -hmm. than your spouse, at least nine times out of ten. <laughs> you hope at least. <laughs> well, that's exactly. right. You hope so. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to that last point, um, talking about flexibility. And, and you yeah. touched upon it a little bit mm -hmm. in regards to the planning and letting it letting the interview go its own direction. But let's dig a little bit more about that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, first of all, uh, listening and flexibility go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So if you hear something while you're listening to them, don't, don't be afraid to throw the script away and say, I'm going to take this interview in an entirely different direction. And I can tell you that it happens to me in almost every interview at one point. Maybe, maybe not the whole interview, mm -hmm. but we always go off in a direction that is somewhere that I didn't know we were going to go. Right. And I do, you know, I do a weekly 
uh, public affairs program mm-hmm. where so I do you know a weekly interview and then I interview people all the time for the news. Mm-hmm. But these long form interviews that we also use for podcasts now, right. um, th- they always go in different directions. So you always have to try to stay flexible. And and I think that's what really makes it uh, listenable and entertaining. Yeah. And I think the planning, of, uh, like you mentioned, three or four questions give you that guideline that almost allows you to go down those rabbit holes because you know where you can go back. You haven't lost your train of thought. You know, oh, yeah, i got to go back to this question. Mm-hmm. It helps me get the interview back on track, but allow it to go where it needs to go. And and another point that the when it goes back to the planning, mm-hmm. and, and this also goes into the flexibility, uh, you may have some questions you want to ask, but... During the uh, process of getting to know the guest before you go on the air, one of the things I always like to say is, um, is there something you'd like for me to ask you about? Is there a point you'd like to make? Do you have an event coming up that you'd like to promote? Or is there something about your organization that's a misconception or something about your organization that people don't know about? Right. Uh, that puts them at ease mm-hmm. and it also gives them a feeling of more control. Right. And I was thinking the same thing that we... We do that a lot of just saying, hey, this, this, this show, this interview is all about you, quite frankly. It's not an expose mm-hmm. and nailing you on some points that we've found out, this, that, or the other. Oh, yeah. This is about you, but also let's expand on that as well to really showcase. And, and that they are, they're able to use that audio as well in their world on their websites and such, too. Yeah, as I tell them, I've said, this, this isn't 60 Minutes. <laughs> we're not going to grill you about something. This right. is, uh, we're trying to help your organization move ahead we're Mm -hmm. trying to give you some publicity Uh, we're trying to do our due diligence in public service and uh, you know we want this to be a good experience for you right right any additional ideas and thoughts Uh, like I said I think that the best podcasts I listen to Mm -hmm. the best interviews I listen to are when you make it a conversation and not an interview right Uh, again not question after question after question but be prepared know what you're going to ask and then just let the conversation flow and, and be conversation. All right. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Brett. Be sure to sign up for my free daily Open the Mic newsletter. I cover podcast news, tips that you should know about to help you with your social media and audio production, sales advice if you're looking to sell sponsorships for your podcast, and on Fridays, my suggestions on podcasts you should binge on over the weekend. Sign up at circle270media.com or find out more as well on notetofutureme.com. Thanks for taking notes with me. At the Bank of Antandek, they're looking for a mascot. We need an icon. Something that says high fly into all our mortgage customers. Like a falcon or a stallion. Or even better, a parrot. Check it out. Meanwhile, at Santander, they're concentrating on helping customers find ways to take years off their mortgage with their overpayment calculator. See what's possible at Santander. All applications are subject to status and our lending criteria. Your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on your mortgage. With OneNet on Vodafone Business, you can make and receive landline calls from your mobile, meaning your office could be here. Or here. Or more likely, here. Hello, Saunders Designs. How can I help? Your office can be anywhere with our OneNet virtual landline. Available on our new and limited data plans. The future is exciting. Ready? Vodafone Business. Max download upload speeds apply to data. Coverage may vary. Unlimited and OneNet terms at vodafone.co.uk slash terms.